Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. This is Brian, and I am back with Wesley, who we've had on several episodes in the past. He is going to help me uh, two-player this uh, this kind of episode on Kingdom Hearts. It's a series we both love. It's a series that Josh loves too. I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll enjoy listening to this episode. Um, it's it's a game he's always loved, but he'd never completed because he got right to the end. And he didn't have the Ultima Blade, so he just didn't finish it. And then he still never finished it to this day. He never got the Ultima Blade, so I think that's kind of funny. But yeah, Josh is out today. Um, uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. He's uh, not feeling the greatest, just got some back problems. But um, yeah, today, two-player in it with me is Wesley. We're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Um, Wesley, what is your original like history with Kingdom Hearts? Like, When was the first time you either saw it or played it or got excited about it? Like, How old were you? What, what was it like? Well... We got to come back to that Ultima Blade thing later, but uh, okay. that's okay. We'll that's, come back. Uh, to it. I'm interested in that, um, but yeah. So I think I told you already. Kingdom Hearts is. I think there's only two or three other games that are more nostalgic for me. I think like Halo, Morrowind, uh, Kodor. Um, it, it's up there. I I was introduced to Kingdom Hearts in high school. Um, by a couple of friends of mine. They actually bought me a PlayStation 2 for my birthday just so that I could play it. Um, oh, that's dope. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, we're on to like the 360 and stuff. So it was like a refurbished console from uh, from yeah. GameStop. But um, and that was basically my Kingdom Hearts machine. I don't think I played anything else on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was immediately like it, it was so like cool 10 years ago or. Yeah, I think I was like I think I was like thirteen, so um, it was a, yeah, it was a while ago, more than more than ten years ago. More than ten. So yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. You know, you have the initial appeal of all the all the Disney characters and all the Disney worlds, and I don't think I really had any idea what Final Fantasy was at that point. So I mean, yeah, my first exposure to Final Fantasy characters was also Kingdom Hearts. Um, you know, seeing like Leon and Cloud and Aerith and Yuffie and Sid. Oh my gosh, Sid is a. Uh, they yeah, uh, they really do a number on Sid to make him child friendly. Um, yeah, right. He's way yeah, different. Yeah, but yeah, they 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 loved it. They talked about it all the time. They had a they had a big like PS2 like they they like created this whole like like nostalgic era for themselves going back to play all the classics on that console. So they dragged me along and. Um, yeah, so I mean that's that's my whole experience with the PlayStation Two basically, and and I played the first game, and then I I played the second game, and I'm replaying them the series now for the first time because I hardly remember like you know story elements and stuff, and um, I just it's just like it's very simple. Um, it's got this really great simplicity to it. Um, I think the characters are are. Um, I think the characterizations are really good, but also very simple. I don't know. It all it all works really well. It's a, it's a comforting game. It feels like a <clears throat> like a good place to start if you haven't played Final Fantasy because it definitely borrows tons of influences from Final Fantasy. I mean, obviously the characters are right there in the game, but <clears throat> this was like I mean, I kind of have a similar experience with PS2 to you cuz like as you cuz like I grew up a PS1 kid and then went to N64 and then 
when Xbox came along, that was just all I was for a long time. Um, but the PS2, I mean, Kingdom Hearts, when Kingdom Hearts came out, every time I saw it, I was like, that's a game I cannot believe I'm not experiencing because that game looks so epic. You know, you get to have these Disney worlds and you, like, you actually have to go from like Aladdin to like Little Mermaid to like, you know, Lion King or for the second game and whatnot and stuff like that. I just couldn't believe it. But I didn't have a PS2, um, and I just I just never really had a PS2 until I got like a refurbished PS2 in the 360 era. But it was just to play the Jack and Daxter game, so similar reason <laughs> as you, but not the same game. So I didn't play Kingdom Hearts there. Um, I did buy the remaster for PS3 of Kingdom Hearts when it came out, but I wasn't in the mood to play it, and I was on my own, and I never even left the main island at the beginning of the game. I was just like, eh. I'm not feeling it. So then fast forward to uh, meeting my wife. Um, Her favorite game was Kingdom Hearts, followed by Final Fantasy. And, you know, I never really investigated what Final Fantasy slash Kingdom Hearts was all about because I just didn't care that much. It really wasn't in my wheelhouse of games. Um, But because I was dating a girl I really liked, I really wanted to know why these games were important to her. And she's kind of the one that made it apparent to me that Final Fantasy, like, every game is a different game, you know? Like, I always thought, like, how would I ever get into a series that's on its 15th entry and there's, like, 13-2 and all this weird stuff? And she kind of got me, explained that to me, and, like, also when we were dating, Kingdom Hearts 3, she was she had it pre-ordered, she was excited, it was about to come out while we were dating, so it was, like, this build-up, and I always thought, you know, I'm going to probably play these series at some point because she cares about them, and uh, it wasn't until about a year... Yeah, it was about a year after we got married, just, yeah, about a year after we got married, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, and played that, loved it, obviously we've talked about it before, and then I went and played Final Fantasy VII Original, and then Erica was like, well now it's time for you to play Kingdom Hearts, you haven't played Kingdom Hearts yet, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll play Kingdom Hearts now, so I played it, and I started playing the first one, and of course, not only now, not only the Disney characters, but, oh, there's Cloud, that was so mm-hmm. cool, there's Aerith, there's Yuffie, you know, who's this Leon guy, he's not in Final Fantasy VII, I just need the seven characters. Um, but so I played Kingdom Hearts for the first time proper. I played it in 2020. I played one, watched Chain of Memories, and 358 over two. I watched those both. And then I played Kingdom Hearts 2. And they became some of my favorite games of all time already. Just from So I don't have, like I have the nostalgia of the games coming out and seeing the footage and my friends play them. When I was younger, but I never played them and invested myself. So really, 2020 was the first time for me. Um, but you know, even at, like so, obviously, like I think we're we're either in agreement completely or we're close. Um, after playing Final Fantasies, like obviously Final Fantasy VII to me still way more important to me than Kingdom Hearts. But after that, it's it's Kingdom Hearts. Like none of the other Final Fantasies have grabbed me in the same way Kingdom Hearts does. And I, what I like about Kingdom Hearts is. It is like you kind of like you said. It's just so approachable, you know. Like the combat is, it's simple, but it's not like boring simple. You know, you have different magic spells and different, you know, uh, strike raid and all these different abilities you can choose from. Um, but then you have like you have a simple three party system, but you don't have to control the other two party members. Which for Final Fantasy like OG fans that probably sucked, but for like new people coming in, like you know, my first RPG like Kingdom Hearts is pretty good for that because you don't have you can still set up what you're your what goofy and donald have but you don't control them um but I, it's just, and it's, so, it's such a heartwarming game the vibes traverse towns music um just just the whole game is just heartwarming i'm actually surprised how hard kingdom hearts one is though for a kid's game it's not like hard hard but it's like i mean you're probably gonna die several times getting through it just, just with certain bosses or certain situations um but uh i love the series um, I haven't played anything past Kingdom Hearts 2 for two reasons. One, I haven't had time because I only got into the series in 2020. And two, um, I know a lot of people who like Kingdom Hearts probably roll their eyes, but like for Erica, she doesn't really see much importance or doesn't really care much. She's played every single Kingdom Hearts, but for her, it's just pretty much Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and a little bit of Birth by Sleep. The mm-hmm. rest, she kind of didn't really care for that much. Even Kingdom Hearts 3, she didn't really care for that much. So it's really just those... So because of her, the only one I'm really desperate to play like is Birth by Sleep, which I know you're excited to play that too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you got any other thoughts before we get into like, you know, worlds and characters and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to play Birth by Sleep. I'm actually really excited to play 3, too. I know your wife's not fond of it, um, but, like, I think I think maybe at least for the fact that I've waited so long for it. Like, even, even coming late to the series, it felt like that game was never coming out. Yeah. Like, I... I had learned and forgotten the story before before the third one had had time to come out. So I am excited about that. My biggest thing with Kingdom Hearts three without playing it is I hate the art style. I really don't like it. Really, I'll have to I'll have to give you my thoughts once I get into it. I don't I don't even know if I've seen much of it. Like I mean, it, it looks like Kingdom Hearts, but super realistic and plasticky. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I mean, not my thing. I've only I've only played. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and 358 over 2 days, which as it stands right now is actually my favorite one. Um, but that's mostly because yeah, I'm a doesn't that giant one get, Roxas I've only boy. watched it. Doesn't that one get criticized for bad gameplay? Um, I Maybe not. I thought it did. I wouldn't know only because I haven't, I haven't really read or heard many other people's thoughts on it. But well, I, They cut the gameplay out it. of the PS4 version, so which, it's got to oh, mean man. something. That that sucks for me because I would I would oh, replay you can just that. Watch it. I would replay yeah. that in a heartbeat though. Like I, I was a kid. I was younger, so I don't know. But I I enjoyed like legitimately enjoyed playing it. I liked the I liked the progression system in it too. So yeah. Well, I was gonna say as like a disclaimer since we're at the beginning here for like people listening that either haven't played a lot of Kingdom Hearts, haven't played any. Um, the big the big elephant in the room with Kingdom Kingdom Hearts is how convoluted it is and how hard and approachable it is. And I think those are extremely fair and true statements about the series, though I would say, and I know Erica would say the same, um, that really all the way up to Kingdom Hearts 2, it's not really that convoluted or confusing. Um, it's pretty It's pretty easy. I mean, it's, 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 it's as convoluted as you would expect a video game series based on mixing all the Disney worlds with Final Fantasy, which is going to be some convolution just right out the gate. But, like, it's fairly simple to follow through the second game, but then what the problem is after the second game is that there's all these spinoffs that take place before, after, alongside, on different handhelds and different consoles, and it just really makes the series super convoluted to get into. By the time you beat three, I mean, it's it's insane. And the thing is, too, is, like, it's not like other game series where... You skip a couple handheld games and you're okay to play Kingdom Hearts 3. Like Kingdom Hearts 3, vital information to that game is locked into mobile games and and handheld games. And even like a web game, I think there's even like a vital detail in a web browser game of Kingdom Hearts that's that's influenced for 3. Yeah, I mean Dream, dream Drop Distance is almost Kingdom Hearts 3. Like it's, kind of. it's so important and it, yeah, I haven't played I much of that one. I, I said this to you in the Discord earlier, and I think I'm right because I don't think it's like I don't think it's that like much of a wow idea in my head. I think it I think it's probably true, but it seems to me like you know there was such a hard transition when games went to HD and development took so much longer. And we know you and me know from researching like how hard development was on Final Fantasy 13, which was their first HD game. That I have to wager that Kingdom Hearts went the way it did to remain profitable and relevant while not having to go to HD development. Because mm-hmm. after the PS2, every single Kingdom Hearts release up until 3 was on a SD console. It was on a handheld or mobile. So they didn't have to they didn't have to bring that series to life in HD uh, until Kingdom Hearts 3, which was, I think, announced in 2015, which means it started development a little bit before that, mm-hmm. and then didn't come out till 2019. Or was it? Yeah, 2019. So... Um, I think it was just a, a way for them to get around um, having to go to HD development, which the thing that sucks about that, though, is since the series took so long to get into HD, I think that's part of the reason why Kingdom Hearts 3, to me, looks so off-putting because mm. every single game in the series looks exactly the same artistically except for 3. Even uh, Melody for a Memory, which is a Switch game that came out after uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, it's still using Kingdom Hearts like 1 and 2 graphics, so... It's really just Kingdom Hearts 3 that stands alone. And then it looks like Kingdom Hearts 4 from the trailer looks like it's going to be like realistic, more like a Final Fantasy 15 look. I think they're going in that direction thematically too, though. Like, yeah. You, you would yeah. probably know better than me, but I, yeah. And It seems like it. I think it seems like it. Uh, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say that I, I remember you saying that about the HD stuff, and I'm, I'm sure that's that's a part of it. I also, I can't, like, fact check it right now, but I did read, it was a Wikipedia article, someone was quoted as saying that development on Kingdom Hearts 3 halted because of all the Final Fantasy 15 stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it yeah, it did because team. that was, it was supposed to be Nomura who did 15, Mm-hmm. Well, he's supposed to do, you know, versus 13, which was Final right, Fantasy 15. Right. But then they were like, no, you're off the project. Go focus on Kingdom Hearts, and we're going to have Habata. I believe his last name's Habata, who did Kingdom Hearts 15, or ugh, Final Fantasy 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was a big, big mess there for a while. It seems like they've got themselves in a good position now where there's steady releases and steady, like, teams on stuff. But, uh, um, but yeah, for, so for Kingdom Hearts, um, well, for the first game specifically, which I think that's primarily what we're going to be talking about this episode, we mm-hmm. we've played more, like we've already said, but we just I just finished it a couple hours ago, and and Wesley's right at the final boss, pretty pretty much. So he's going to be finishing it again here soon. But um, I mean, right off the bat, I think just the uh, well, like the simple and clean music is like iconic, and it's like nostalgic, even if you weren't there for it, um, and. The game is so warm and inviting because it's got those Disney feels. You're on the island. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, you're already like, why is there like Titus and Waka, but they're children? And why why I are they it. here? It's it's, like, it's it's cool, but it's like I they're just children. Finished even, 10, so, yeah. yeah, like that was perfect for you. But like they're uh, children. They were never children in the, the game they came from. Mm-hmm. But this was also like Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy X like share a bunch of like crossover roots because they were like the same time, same kind of engine and mm-hmm. stuff, I believe. Um, but, um, yeah, the game, like the way it starts you off on like that, you know, where you go to like the, uh, the big, like stained glass mural of Sora and you choose like what sword you want or whatever. And, and the music's just ominous and it, it really gives off, like they really did an amazing job of blending that like fi- deep final fantasy, like vibes that just kind of pull you in with the, the charm of Disney um, and then you, you get these great original characters with uh, Sora and Riku and Kairi and, and stuff like that. Um, but the the island's a very like simplistic place to start off in the game. I think for me, it actually was kind of a slow start for me. Like it didn't grip me very well because you're there and then you're like in Traverse Town and then you go to Worlds and are, in the beginning it's kind of like what's my direction here? Because I think you'll agree when you start off in Kingdom Hearts, it's kind of just like. Oh, Alice in Wonderland world. Oh, Tarzan world. And there's no real overarching plot yet. So it's just kind of like, you're just kind of going through the motions. Plus the gummy ship, we'll have to get to that too. Gummy ship, I'm just like, now I love the gummy ship, but it sucks to me. Like, I love it. I don't want it to go anywhere, but it also kind of sucks. What, what do you think of the opening yeah. and the gummy ship? Like, what do you think, Wesley? <laughs> well, yeah, the gummy ship is is something that you would hate. That's funny. I it's it's not it's not great, but I but I love it. So I I, I relate with that. No, I um, love it too. I just think it's yeah. balls like really it, bad. No, no, you're right. Yeah, um, the Destiny Island is definitely a slow start um, because I mean, if you go into the game, you're like, okay, where's my Keyblade? Like, where, where's my magic? Where's my where's my fight? Where, where's Disney? Like, yeah, where's Disney? I when you get to Traverse Town though I I am like I'm I'm along for the ride by then um, just because you know you have you have the Keyblade you're meeting some Final Fantasy characters you see you know maybe Goofy that's and where Donald. I was too I can't really recall yeah and you know you get into your first couple of of big fights especially with like you know your normal mobs and stuff but um yeah and so what you said about the worlds too is it it in the very beginning it does seem like that where it's it's sort of it has more the structure of like a kid's show where you just go it's to the aimless. worlds. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have much connecting them. It's more like like episodic almost. Like each world is a different episode and this like, I don't know. Yeah, you're just going around and I'm not a big fan. I guess we'll get into worlds too, but I'm not a big fan of Wonderland. Uh, but I do like the Tarzan world. I think, I think I, for a starter world, I like Alice in Wonderland. Like, by the time I've beaten the game, like Alice in Wonderland's world's like kind of one of the worst. Mm-hmm. But when I start the game, I like it. I always get lost in one part in Alice. So I've played the game through twice now, and there's always this one part in Alice in Wonderland. I think it's kind of around like that forest room or whatever. With and it's like mm-hmm. I get the lost. Lotus. I don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. Um. And I remember too the first time I played, I didn't grind at all. So that boss at the end of Alice in Wonderland actually killed me over and over and over again. But mm. this time, 
I grinded an extra like eight, ten levels. So when I got there, it was it was no problem. I, th- I think Kingdom Hearts, you know, I'm not used to it nowadays because most games nowadays are made easy enough. Like contemporary games, they don't require you to grind, especially if you're on easier difficulty. Uh, but Kingdom Hearts, it was still in that era where I think you need to do a little grinding in Kingdom Hearts to really keep yourself up to task. I'm not saying you have to, but you're definitely going to be missing out if you don't. Uh, but yeah, the Alice in Wonderland, uh, it was okay. I think I... Oh, man. I think Tarzan, the Tarzan world, you said you liked that one. I think that one's down at the bottom for me also. I'm not sure which mm. one of the two I like there. Which is which is funny because as a kid, I was obsessed with Tarzan. I had an action figure and listened to Phil Collins' music all the time. And um, But uh, both those worlds are definitely kind of underwhelming. Like even now, like wanting to talk about those worlds with you on the podcast, I'm like, what much is there to say? Like, you know, you kind of go through the motions and do the stuff from the movie kind of in Alice and, and mm-hmm. Tarzan's. Um, what comes? What are the next worlds? I mean, if you have more to say about those, go ahead. But what, what comes after Alice and and uh, Tarzan? Well, yeah. So I think I think I was kind of the same. I think maybe the reason I like the Tarzan worlds is because I loved Tarzan. I don't know, but they're they're yeah. neither one of them are, are great worlds. And I mean, to be fair, I think I got lost in every single one of them. Um, it's really hard to keep track every of world. Which, yeah, every world. I think it's yeah, it's hard really to navigate hard to track. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think the worlds after that are, you have Olympus Coliseum, which is personally my favorite world in the game. See, that's a, you said that was your favorite and like on one hand I get it cause Olympus is fun the whole way through. You just, mm-hmm. it's fun. But for me, like my OCD is like, I don't count that one cause to me it's not like a real world. It's more like an arena, mm-hmm. you know, which it is a real world, but like there's no like traveling or real story as much. It's mostly just arena, but that's why it's so fun, also. So, right, Olympus. Is I mean, great. it's it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of my thing, I guess, because the the arena is also my favorite faction in uh, the Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. So I don't know. Oh. I guess I just I like the structure of it. But you're right. It's it's just that. I think what gets me is the excitement of. You get a lot of really good items in in Olympus. You know, I just XP I just got yeah, I just got the Genji shield for for uh, Goofy. Yep. So great place to grind too. The Hades Cup is basically where you want to do all your grinding, like in the entire game once you can get it. So I think after that it's uh, Agraba. Yeah, which is Agraba. Agraba's fun. I like that one. I yeah. like that one because for me, Aladdin was my favorite. Well, I went through phases as a kid, but I think like looking back as an adult, the one I care about the most of the Disney kids movies is Aladdin. And being able to go in the Cave of Wonders, even though it's pretty small, like game development wise, being able to go in the Cave of Wonders was pretty badass, I thought. Like I really enjoyed that. I, you're right, though. I got lost in Agrabah, too. I know that mm-hmm. I think about it. but uh, I love Cave of Wonders because it feels like an actual dungeon, you know? Yeah. Up to that point, you don't have much of that yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. What else? What come? So I know there's Atlantica, but I know well. There's the there's the whale that pops up, and that's the Pinocchio Monstro, one. Monstro. Yep. Monstro. Hate Monstro. Am I skipping one though? <laughs> um, yeah, Monstro. All the rooms look the same in Monstro. Yeah, they do. It's Monstro's terrible. I I said I said to you earlier. I think Atlantica is my least favorite. Monstro is really close. I hate being there. Halloween okay, Town. Here's what I wanted too. to say to you. Is that the missing that? one? I think Halloween Town's the one we're missing, but go ahead. I wasn't missing that one because I love that one. I thought it oh, I just okay. thought it came after us, but I wanted to I was gonna I was saving this for the podcast because I was gonna say it to you in the Discord. Um what blows my mind about Atlantica is the main reason it sucks to me is the swimming mechanics. Yes. But what doesn't make any sense is that the flying mechanics in the game are so good. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they're the exact same thing, except one screen has a blue wavy hue for water, and one is just air. Why didn't they make the swimming mechanics the exact same as the air? It would have just improved. If they ever did another edition of Kingdom Hearts 1, which I'm not saying I want them to. I think we have a plenty good edition here. They should just change it so that the mechanics are the air ones for underwater, because the air ones work... Pretty well. I mean, the air ones from Neverland. Uh, Neverland, and there's also several boss fights at the end where you're floating in the air. Okay, because Neverland's almost the same. I think. I think it's the same buttons for up and down, Um, and I feel like it doesn't function. I feel like it functions way better, but it does feel better. It does feel better. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know, something's off with that. But I mean, Atlantica, and mm-hmm. nothing about Atlantica, which that's why I was glad. Like, I played this a second time, and I kind of did things differently because when I got to Ursula, the final Ursula battle of oh, she's hard. Atlantica, the first time I played Kingdom Hearts, she kicked my ass, dude. Uh-huh. I could not beat her, and it's also like. As a, let's see, that would have been, you know, three years ago. Uh, I mean, as a 27-year-old, it was still terrifying how Ursula's head takes up that whole freaking screen, uh-huh. dude. And when you go up to whack her, like, her eyeball is like a half of the screen. It's terrifying. Yeah. I, as a kid, I probably would have been scared. It's crazy. She's terrifying. She, she is hard, too. She's definitely one of the hardest in the game. Uh, Urs- sure. Yeah, giant Ursula is terrible. Uh, Maleficent's dragon is is terrible. They're, those are yep. two of the hardest the, ones, definitely. That's what I'm saying. This game, like, it was designed for kids, but I'm I'm not sure if I had got this game when I was eight. I'm not sure I would have been able to beat it because, like, mm-hmm. there's a couple spots at the final gauntlet of bosses and stuff. There's a couple places that are pretty darn hard. Um, if if I mean, even for me, even now, like, I died on one of the final boss, one of the final phases of the boss. I probably died eight times before I beat him. Just mm-hmm. I just because you have to just be good at not getting hit and healing right. at the proper time and landing landing attacks. But yeah, you know, now that you say it though, I think I did get confused at least once in every single world in the game, which that kind of makes me feel like the fact that we agree to that, like maybe there's a little bit of a game like level design problem with the game. Like we love these games and it we're gonna give map. them high scores. Yeah. But yeah, there's something something off with the level designer not having a map. But uh yeah, so we talked about so yeah, Monstro you're inside the whale, and like all the rooms look the same. That one's not that memorable. Um, yeah, we don't like Atlantica that much. I thought Halloween Town was amazing because the first time I played Halloween Town, the first time ever, and I remember like Erica was watching me play, and she was like, "Oh, you're gonna love this. Look, look at your characters when you get to the world. And you get to the world, and like Sora's got like that cool like kind of bat with wings look, and like Donald and Goofy, they all look like they're undead kind of horror Halloween like costumes. So it's a really cool vibe." Just the whole vibes of the Halloween Town like area and the boss fights good. Climbing the giant tree at the end to get to the boss. Um, I that's one of my favorite worlds. Like what mm-hmm. up to, up to up to Hollow Bastion. Like prior to Hollow Bastion, what is your favorite world? I mean, we Neverland's another one we didn't throw out there. Um, um, up to Hollow Bastion, it's it's yeah, it's still Olympus. I love I love the Olympus. Uh, that's right. You already said that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I love I love Halloween Town. Also, it was really yeah. hard though this playthrough. Um, I also decided to do it before Atlantica, so maybe that was it. But the like the normal Heartless in Halloween Town are pretty they're pretty spongy. Um, huh. And I got Did knocked off the tower before? a couple times. Um, yeah. I didn't. I haven't done any. So. I don't think I did any grinding this time, but I wanted that. That reminds me, at the beginning of the game, do you know about what your choices affect? Like when you choose either the shield, the sword, or the wand, and then when Waka and Titus talk to you, do you know about? That I did stuff? know, but I forgot. I thought it didn't okay. matter much. Well, so the the sword, shield, and the wand thing. Eh, it doesn't matter that much, but when you talk to the kids on the island and like the whole time of day thing, that determines how fast your character progresses leveling wise. So you can make it so that your first 50 levels are really fast and your last 50 or 49 are really slow or vice versa, or you can make it so that all the way through it's sort of like normal. Um so this playthrough, I did the, like, fast to 50 because I knew I wasn't going to play it all that long. Um, so yeah. I didn't have to do a ton of grinding. That really helped. Okay, so who? how do you get – what do you have to choose to get fast to 50 then? Um, I don't remember the choices because I was looking at a guide to do it. But basically, if your game starts – I think if your game starts in the morning – um, you chose the the fast option. If it starts at midday, that's the normal one. And if it starts at night, that's the slow one. Like slow to fifty. And I had fast no idea about that. this. Yeah, it's a game changer. Like on your next playthrough, I'm gonna look you should that up the, after the podcast. Yeah, on your next playthrough, you should pick the fast one because you'll probably yeah, be done I, before fifty. <laughs> unless I got lucky and and chose the fast one, but I kind of doubt it. I I, mm-hmm. I beat the game at level fifty five. I think. Okay, that's yeah. when I beat the game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I didn't do a lot of the side stuff. Oh, but to go off topic real quick to Josh's thing, yeah, I, I think oh, yeah. he mentioned on the podcast before. You might have heard him, but um, 
yeah, he played Kingdom Hearts long time ago. It's probably been over 10 years ago, and he got all the way to the very end, and then him being a completionist, yeah. he didn't want to beat it without the Ultima Blade, but you have to get all these, like, pieces to form it, so he just, he never got back to it, and he just, like, he never beat the game. That makes me so sad, because I understand the completionist part of it. I totally get that, but it's not worth it. The Divine Rose keychain is one point strength less. That's it. That's it? That's it. It's, Does it have any other bonuses? Um, I think it criticals well. I think it's good crits. Um, and it doesn't lower your MP. It yeah, it's it's the best keyblade in the game if you also if you also factor in like availability. It's it I just use Divine Rose. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite visually. I think yep. I think my favorite visually is Oathkeeper. Um, but once you get Divine Rose, just yeah, there's nothing else that's better than it. See, I'm I'm always I'm kind of shocked at just how well Kingdom Hearts turned out because like mm-hmm. it's just like to be fair, like it's kind of so they're like, there's the part of me that loves it who's just like, oh, it's great, I love it all. But like, if I'm trying to be objective, like, it's it's kind of corny and silly. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about like, oh, you're the darkness and your heart and my heart and my heart was within your heart. And if I just give you my heart, then our hearts will be will see light. And yeah. it's really hunky dory. And it's kind of, it is kind of stupid. It's the kind of thing though that is like, as a kid, you'd play that and you'd be like, oh, this is so deep. Like, my <laughs> heart was inside her heart. You know, um, oh my God. but it, it also works really well because you have like just the whole thing of like, you know, Sora's blade is a key. Like, that's so cool. And you change mm-hmm. the chains and it looks different. And, you know, there's like all the, the the thing that brings all these worlds together is like, you know, there's all these different worlds with different characters. But because it's Disney and because it's Final Fantasy and like they have all one like unified aesthetic. So it all looks together, like works together well. And it's it's the heartless that's that's making these worlds come together, and like the, that's the whole thing is like people kind of losing their souls. Um, so it's just it's a really like it's basic, but it's also a little convoluted. But it, it's really fun how it all comes together, and then with the music and and the combat, it's it's funny because I I mean I don't know if purists or like old old school fans like you know, maybe Nerva from the Discord like David maybe I don't know, maybe he'd feel differently, but to me it feels like. Kingdom Hearts 1 was them testing the waters for what Final Fantasy's combat was headed towards. Like, you look at Final Fantasy like 15 and 7 Remake, which I know you haven't played, but you've seen some, I'm sure of, and, and now 16. Final Fantasy has moved away from turn-based into this, like, action combat, which Kingdom Hearts kind of established. Are you glad about that? Like, do you like the action combat, or are you more of a turn-based person? Um... I, I don't know because like I like I like both of them a lot and I think my roots are more in turn based because a lot of the RPGs that I played at a young age were more more turn based you know like like Kodor or Lord of the Rings the Third Age um, but I like the action combat too um, if it's like entertaining enough I actually this this playthrough of Kingdom Hearts. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy the combat, but it's not as fluid as I'd like it to be. So I can definitely see them using it as like like a testing the waters sort of thing. Um, yeah. Again, like you said, Nerva might disagree with that, but I I definitely see some sort of like let's try this and see what happens. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like I actually feel like Final Fantasy VII remake, which was directed by Nomura, it feels a lot like Kingdom Hearts to me because like. In Final Fantasy VII Remake, you attack kind of the same way you do in Kingdom Hearts, and then the and then like you know in Kingdom Hearts you have like commands to use magic. What's well, the same thing in Final Fantasy VII Remake, except instead of going through the commands on the side, it like freezes the game, like it not almost freezes. You know, it's going at like a hundred mm-hmm. times slower, and then you choose it from a drop down menu kind of oh, the same way. So that's yeah, what's it's missing awesome. from then, Kingdom course, Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's basically like it's like it's just like Kingdom Hearts combat, but then it's even deeper because you do get to control Tifa mm. and Barrett and all the other characters. Like you don't, it's not like Donald and Goofy where you can't control them. So, um, very so cri- Crisis that, Core though. I have played Crisis Core, and I remember yeah. I remember telling you that Crisis Core felt like Kingdom Hearts combat too. 
like a lot. Yeah, just and just smoother. Birth by Sleep came out around the same time as Crisis Core, also for the PSP. So Ooh. like, they were definitely synergizing there with like what they were learning. I'm excited so, for that. Yeah, uh, very cool. And then it's funny, like Kingdom Hearts Two. We talk about difficulty. Kingdom Hearts Two is so easy, dude. Like it's so easy. Like you, I might play it. You never die then. in the game. Yeah, maybe you should. I mean, I to me it was just like a, I just. I can just run through it like no problem. I mean, the first game mm-hmm. was a lot harder. They definitely, they probably heard like of all the kids who couldn't beat it the first game, so they tuned it down for the second huh. one. Um, but yeah, so the game kind of has, I mean, I didn't realize it, but like in a sense, like up to Hollow Bastion is kind of like the first half of the game. To me, it feels like three-fourths of the game, but I think once you really like take into account all the time you spend once you hit Hollow Bastion, it's probably closer to half. Um, but Hollow Bastion is where things really get better. And really pick up for me at least. Yes. I think yes, definitely. Yep. And that's probably my favorite world is Hollow Bastion, actually, personally. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Like as as far as like original worlds, Hollow Bastion, because that's definitely like the plot world. You know what I mean? Like yeah, where the plot comes in. Yeah, I, Hollow Bastion's great. I actually that's where I got lost the most, though. <laughs> it's easy to but, get lost there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hollow Bastion, my so I guess I'd say my like my favorite Disney world was. Olympus Coliseum. Um, yeah, and then I Hollow Bastion's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hollow Bastion, it's interesting that they, it, it's, it's like, it's an original world, but they kind of used, the they used Beast and Bell as like the yep. the primary characters of that world, but it's not their world, which is interesting. But yeah, you immediately, when you get there, like you realize like, oh, I'm making progress in this game because like the mm-hmm. plot really comes in thick. Um, this is also where you have like a, you, you have a battle with Riku and Maleficent. Um, and it, Riku's kind of like dark Riku, I guess you could say, of, of sort of like possessed Riku. But the world's just like imaginative, and it's it's very big. There's lots of enemies to fight. There's different platforms you got to ride around on, um, and it, it's where the story starts to get really really cool. And you go back there once after leaving, um, and then also for me, I went back there to grind out for money at a couple mm-hmm. different times because there's some good money drops there. But um, yeah, I really. I really liked Hollow Bastion. I mean, I think I think it's mainly because of that moment when you get basically when you save Kyrie and you get turned into a, a heartless, and then you you run around as a heartless for like yeah. what feels like an eternity, but it's like five minutes or less, and then you get to go back. I was say, dude, this time when I became a heartless, I just walked outside and just jumped over the edge as many times as I had to to get back to get back to the beginning. Because you know like, what, I did that on accident. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, there's no way that I can. There's no way that I can get back going the normal way. Like I don't know if you can even activate the the like little rock things. I don't know. It's yeah. The navigation in Kingdom Hearts One it's, is not yeah, good. Not great. It's pretty rough. Ugh. Um. But so then Hollow Bastion. After Hollow Bastion, let's see. You get log. You're back. You're back in Traverse Town, mm-hmm. and you have to get another piece for the gummy ship to be able to get back to Hollow Bastion. And um, I just did that. That's where I just did that. So that's where I'm at now. I don't remember. You ha- you'll have to take this because I don't remember anything about the like end of the world or whatever. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's the end of the world. Um, so when you go back, to, I'm trying to think. So when you go back to Hollow Bastion, I'm trying to think of what happened. Is it because you face you lock the keyhole? Don't you face Maleficent and Riku the first time, right? The first time, yep. Yeah. So when you go back the second time to Hollow Bastion. I'm trying to think of what the main thing you do there is. Like, I know I went back and got Divine Rose. I think you Bell. just go all the way up to the top and lock. Oh, the, oh, you fight Behemoth, yeah, and then you lock the keyhole. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you go. Yeah, the keyhole, and then I think after that you can enter the end of the world through the keyhole, isn't yes. it? I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. So you go to the end of the world, and it's like this. It's very Final Fantasy like. Like you get to this like plane of like nothing like the ground is invisible and there's just these little chests here and there and you got to just like walk on the invisible ground to these chests and like random battles will happen as you make your way to the other side of the end of the world um and then when you get to the end of the world you go through you go through a couple different rooms there's this one room that i always like erica knows it's the room i hate it's like i call it the tinkerbell room because it's the final room of enemies, of regular enemies, you have to fight in the game before the end boss. It's the final, it's like waves and waves and waves and waves of hard enemies. And I always die there over and over and over again. I'll even get to like the seventh wave of enemies. 
and I'll die and I'll be like, you gotta be kidding me. I'll be out of potions and everything. And I, I would get so frustrated, but I, and I did it both first and second playthrough. I did this, but I, I come to find out like the key is Tinkerbell. The, like seriously, if you summon Tinkerbell oh. in that room, she will just fly around healing you the whole time and you can beat it without much problem. I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna, I, I was hoping maybe we'd get to summons a little bit. Tinkerbell is the best summon in the game by far. Oh, At by least far. I think so. She's the most useful. Yeah, most of the summons don't seem that useful. I mean, I used Genie a little bit, but he was mm-hmm. okay. And then, like, Simba seems like he sucks. And what are the other ones? I can't remember. I used, you got uh, Bambi, Mushu, and, Bambi. and Dumbo. I used Mushu a little bit, but, and Bambi is sort of the same as Tinkerbell, except for uh, MP orbs. She just yeah. drops, or he just drops MP orbs all over the place. Yeah, it's pretty much Tinkerbell or nothing. I mean, it's just, it's kind of like mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy thirteen, where like the summons aren't that useful, really. You know, mm-hmm. like I, would you agree with that in Final Fantasy thirteen? I didn't use summons much. In- uh, I think I've I think I've come around on the summons in thirteen, just because I was remembering sometimes that I used them, especially for like health resets. But I used them for health, but that was pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, they're. I mean, it's definitely they're definitely not the best in the series. That's for sure. Because the thing is, like in Final Fantasy thirteen, you're trying to build that stagger bar and like. If you don't build the stagger bar and kill them during the summon, then when you go out of the summon, their stagger bar is gone again, which is awful. I don't know why they did you gotta that. you got to time it right. It's terrible. Yeah. It's hard to do. I know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. But yeah, so summoning, <laughs> not the not the greatest in uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. I believe it's improved in 2, but I, I have to replay 2 to, to, really, what, to really know. What are, your favorite, what are your favorite Keyblades? I mentioned mine. Um, well, I mean, yeah, there's a couple, like, looks-wise, there's a lot of cool ones. I mean, Oathkeeper mm-hmm. is great. Metal Chocobo is cool. It's just not, it is you cool. know, it's not the yeah. greatest. No. Um, Metal Chocobo. Uh, the Olympia one's pretty cool from Olympus. Um, yeah, I mean, those are pretty much those endgame ones are, are, are the cool are the cooler ones. I mean, like, the, the earlier ones are kind of just to get you through until you get something better. The Tarzan one and the... But I like that it keeps giving you new ones as you play, you know, because... And, mm-hmm. and I remember... Oh, who, I think I was listening to a Final Fantasy podcast, and they were playing Kingdom Hearts, and one of the like uh, rare achievements or trophies or whatever was don't change any of your equipment and beat the game. And just playing, I, I cannot imagine facing the final bosses with the starter Keyblade. I that is there's that's misery, man. I don't, I hate trophies like that because it's like it's literally like, hey, be miserable, get a trophy. I think you can still. I think you can play it on easy and get that. I think. Maybe, but still, I'm, not, I'm never going to do it. Bosses with <laughs> no, that's a whole lot. It doesn't of even sound fun. No, no, it does not. It does not sound fun. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the different keyblades are cool. I mean, I like getting the. I think the best shield for Goofy, at least in my playthrough, was even better than the one you just got. The, um, what did you say yours was called? The one you just got. Um, he has. You were telling me a minute ago. He has Herc Shield on right now, and then I just got the Genji Shield. Okay, well, I got the Mighty Shield, which is better than the Genji one. Uh, where is that? I don't know, but I had it before Genji, so it must huh. be from Did playing you... Endgame stuff. Okay. Huh. It's probably from that, but yeah, Mighty Shield because the Mighty Shield I think is like four or five higher than than the I'll Genji one. I'll have to look for that. Uh-huh. I do like that you can equip different weapons to Donald and Goofy too. Yeah, no, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like my first RPG in a way because like there's, there's yeah. like customization and but you can't control them and they only have like a weapon or a shield and some potions. That's another thing. How did you like? Okay, so fun thing in this game is like your your AI companions, Donald and Goofy. You can choose how they play, offensive, defensive. You could choose how often they use potions, how often they don't. And the thing is, if you're like me, you'll buy, you'll spend tons of money on these potions. You'll fill Donald and Goofy up with these potions. They'll go into battle and they'll start using them like they're going out of style, mm-hmm. and just two thousand gold worth of potions are gone in two seconds. What did you set your AI to? I'm gl- I'm glad you said that because I was about to I was about to talk about Donald and Goofy a bit because the whole like the first half of the game for me they're useless. They always died like at the beginning yep. of boss battles. Like you said, they were always wasting items. Um, I think it wasn't until like middle of Neverland that Donald and Goofy started to actually be helpful to me. Um, I didn't mess around with their AI too much. I think I set I think I set Donald to defensive, 
and I set Goofy to offense. And then after a while of realizing they were wasting the items, I set their item their item behavior to like not the one that they never use them. Oh, in emergency, yeah, yeah, which helped a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, I would get to a point where like if I'm headed towards a boss, I would unequip all potions, <laughs> and then right before the boss, equip them. I'm like, I want these for the boss, but you. MFers will use them <laughs> fighting regular mobs. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, like I'll be fighting and, like, doing just fine, and Sora's health goes down by a third, and then Don- Donald's like, Sora! And he's like, use this <laughs> a freaking potion. I'm like, dude, yeah. I had two-thirds of my health. I didn't need you to use that. I spent money on that, bro. Uh-huh. So annoying. And it's he always agonizing. says, Sora! <laughs> I can't do the Donald voice, but, like, uh-huh. shut up. <laughs> Oh man, uh, and like I can't imagine like for like wives and girlfriends that don't like uh video games having to hear Goofy talk all the time has to drive them up a wall. Oh gosh. Oh gosh, looks like we forgot our <laughs> shit. You know, it's like, oh. Yeah. Uh, so annoying. Uh, but no, I love them. I love them. I love them both. I do um, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Not, not uh, very so, yeah, helpful, so, but they're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, you can set their abilities and their behaviors in a way that makes them more useful than not by the mm-hmm. end of the game. But what's really cool is when, like, you're only able to beat a boss because you let you let them wail on a boss a bit enough to get you the extra damage you need. I always found that kind of fun. Um, but now, are you cool with me? Like, because you beat the game before, but, like, you haven't got to the end. Do you want to go into the final ending stuff? Or, like, are you trying to, like, not re-spoil yourself? I am trying to preserve it a little bit. But... We can do whatever you want to do. I, I've I've already played it. I mean, I've already played it. Yeah. It's fine. But it's a new yeah. experience for you. So yeah. I mean, I'll just kind of gloss over it a bit so that it's it's mostly not uh, it's mostly untouched. But yeah, I mean, you get to the end of the game and there's kind of this. I mean, you would already know this from playing as far as you have. Like the build up is to Ansem. Like that's the oh, whole yeah. thing. Like Ansem is the build up. He's this. He's like the villain character of Kingdom Hearts. And as the series goes on, that gets way more convoluted than it is here. But. Uh, Obviously, he's like kind of the he's the ultimate boss of the game, and there's many different phases you have to to fight with Ansem and different things. And the ending boss segments are are pretty challenging. Like, I mean, not challenging in like a Dark Soulsy way or anything, but just like if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not like exceptionally good at the game, you're probably gonna die a few times just trying to get through it. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a they they don't they let you go out on a high note, you know, like you. The game builds up with the story, and it builds up with the bosses, and it, it, it's really fun concluding the game and getting to the end. And uh, You get to see Mickey for the first time by the time the game concludes because you kind of don't get to see him the whole game. And Obviously, he's a much bigger character as the, as the series goes on, but um, uh, the, 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 the game ends with Simple and Clean again, which is like hitting you in the feels. Um, and as then soon as I kind hear of that like, song, I want to like belt it like... Belt oh. it, yeah, and start floating yeah. into the sky, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then you get to the end, and, like, it's pretty clear by the ending, and then there's, like, even more ending after credits. Like, they knew this was going to be a big series that was going to have a long a long tale of, of stories and, and sequels. So uh, by the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, it's just a really charming experience that, like, in some ways, if someone wanted to say Kingdom Hearts 1 doesn't hold up today... And they're referring to like the camera and some of the like mechanics, like AI, you know, maybe some difficulty spikes. There's some points to be made for it not holding up, but like ultimately for me, like I think it it holds up incredibly well today, like a lot of other classic games like, you know, Ocarina of Time or or Kotor, like in the way that people like to play those games today still, I feel like Kingdom Hearts holds up pretty much just as well, maybe better in some cases. Um, it's still a, a charming game to play. It makes me want to continue playing the series. Um, I love I love the characters. You know, Eric always gives me crap because my favorite character in almost everything is the main character. And Sora is my favorite character. I think it's so cool he got into Smash Bros. Uh, uh-huh. Is he your favorite too, Wesley? No, my, my favorite is definitely Roxas. Um, okay, Ro- he's yeah. not in the first one, but yeah. I do love no. Roxas. Yeah. I, I'm so... When I was when I was a kid, I thought Sora was super lame, like super lame. I get it. I I also my best friends growing up were twins, and so the three of us were constantly like taking ownership of characters. Like this is my character, yeah. 
And one of my other friends was like you, where he was like the main character person. So he was always Sora. His brother was Riku. And so Ro- Roxas is where I found my person. So Man, you're going like, to have such a blast replaying that whole opening with oh. Roxas in the second game. Oh, definitely. And and Sora, Sora is I like Sora a lot better now as an adult, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's lame. I think he's really sweet and his he's very naive, but it's like I don't know, it's very it's very wholesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like as the series goes on, you find out that like Riku was supposed to be the Keyblade Master, mm-hmm. but his heart was like impure, so it went to Sora. So like Sora's kind of like the reluctant hero that well he's he's not reluctant at all. He's actually like gung ho, but like yeah. reluctant in the sense that he wasn't meant to be the hero, but he's so good hearted that he's just willing to do what he needs to and, and that's right. kind of how he gets his main main. His friends are his power. His friends are his power. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm in a cutscene, Erica's like, Oh, here's something else I can't show my friends. Like here's something else I can't watch in front of my friends because it's like yep. It's so cringy. Like, if you're somebody who doesn't do good with like cheesiness or corniness or cringiness, like I don't. If you haven't played Kingdom Hearts, I don't know if it's yeah. this ain't it. Because it. it's it's corny the whole way through. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a kid's it's game. It's got so much heart. It is. It's really it's, it is a kid's game. I mean, even today. Yeah, and and I do think it is a beginner RPG. I like the way that you put that because I was thinking about that ahead of time, and I was like, you know, this is not the right word for it at all i like what you said better but i was kind of like this is kind of like a like a baby final fantasy because like it has like it has like a lot of the elements of a final fantasy game you know it's got some some end game content some secret bosses you know the level of equipment same spells um but it's all a lot simpler yeah moogles yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no it is i mean that's the thing is like even like if you go to like traverse town which you know i know we love traverse town but like it's so simple, that town. Like, the actual mm-hmm. town part, like, disregard all the combat stuff. You have, essentially, two shops that are right next to each other that function almost the same, except one's for accessories, one's for, like, potions. And then you have, like, a mailbox, and then, like, you know, Sid moves to the back at one point with gummy ship parts. I know Geppetto comes in, but basically it's like, come here to buy your potions and your accessories and save your game and then go back out, you know, like even mm-hmm. and the, the, the gummy ship. We haven't got really talked about the gummy ship more, but like the funny thing about the gummy ship is on every level, at least for Kingdom Hearts one, we'll have to say more in a future about Kingdom Hearts two and whatever. But like Kingdom Hearts one, every facet of the gummy ship is so plain and simple and just it's the most basic thing ever. I mean, you essentially are flying a ship that looks like it's made of Legos and you're doing like the most basic, easy rendition of like an asteroids minigame, mm-hmm. but it's 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 to narratively make you feel like you're traveling from one planet to another, and that is why I love the gummy ship so much because that gummy ship is like the key to making Kingdom Hearts feel like this giant universe hopping adventure. Because if it was just teleport to the Hercules world, teleport to the Tarzan world. It doesn't feel like you and Donald and Goofy are traveling by spaceship. Right. But it does with the gummy ship. So gummy ship, it's like I think I personally I think it kind of it's kind of lame and it kind of sucks, but like it makes the game better having it. I, I think you're right. I think the gummy ship is effective in that way. Cause the worlds are already boxed in enough. If you just teleported to them, like you were saying, it would make them feel like they were just different rooms in the same house instead of yeah. like actually Perfect. like out there in the world. It's very effective. Um, that's the best thing about it because when you when you actually play it, you basically just have to keep your finger on the on the gun button and just move out of the way of obstacles, and that's that's it. I will browse my phone during the gummy sections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although and in the early gummy sections, I will not even look at the screen. I'll just hold the button. That's funny. I I gotta tell you though, my 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 end game gummy ship. I just called it the Airbus, and it's big, basically just a giant block of all armor <laughs> with the cockpit right there in the front, and it's got every single gun in the game just lining it. Um, it's ridiculous to look at, but I bet this will shock you when I tell you I ended the game with the starting gummy ship. Oh my gosh, of course you did. Uh-huh. 
I didn't I didn't do anything. I just just the idea of customizing. So like this is and this is gonna hurt your soul, Wesley. But the <laughs> idea of customizing my ship in Starfield looks annoying. I don't even want to do that. And that's like a realistic like awesome ship. So do you mm-hmm. think I want to do this crappy Lego gummy stuff? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean. We'll we'll see about Starfield, but I you, I'll give you credit for Kingdom Hearts. The 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 button configuration for that is horrendous. I it took me forever to figure out how to operate the gummy like customization. It's terrible. So you saved yourself some time. Yeah, that's one I always skip. I just wish I could sell the gummy ship parts for like tons of money, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can. No. Well, do you do maybe. much synergizing in the game? Um. So. I would, I would if I could find the pieces more easily. Uh, I keep checking in and seeing what I can make, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to be doing a whole lot of grinding for for items to make stuff. So yeah, I usually just pop in. It's like, oh, I can make a golem chain. I'll make it and sell it. And that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Here's what's good though: is you should always finish the hundred acre wood because in the HD versions you get an EXP ring at the end, um, and so you don't. Mm have to make because i would always try to make the exp earring from the synthesis shop and you don't have to you don't really have to do that now i think i beat the hundred acre wood in my first playthrough but this playthrough i just skipped it you know i was just for me it was just i wanted to replay the story kind of i i love the hundred acre wood i it's great we we really should include that yeah i just especially now as a dad like i'm just seeing all that stuff and i'm like oh i hope my son likes winnie the pooh it's so like so charming yeah right like there was a section in the game where where Pooh gets stuck in like the porthole of Rabbit's house, and like before then they're trying to get into Rabbit's house, and they're like, "Oh, the house keeps telling us there's nobody home," and I was like, "That's so like, it's so stupid. It's great. I love it." Yeah. Oh, I also love how. Well, okay, I can spoil this for you because I mean, like you said, you oh, beat yeah. it before, but it doesn't really matter. But like, what's really neat is like in the very last section leading up to the boss. There's like these platforms where you have to go into this little portal and fight waves of enemies. And each each wave is in a different prior world, Agrabah, Atlantica. Mm-hmm. But they save 100 Acre Woods for the end. And when you enter that portal, it's just for you to go to the 100 Acre Woods to use as a save spot. So like it's like a place of solace. You know yeah, what I mean? That's so great. Which is really neat. Yeah, yeah. I do remember yeah, that part. Yeah. For 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 this being the first like run at doing this concept, I mean they killed it. So like our final verdicts, mm-hmm. Wesley, uh, a game we both love. Uh, what do you give Kingdom Hearts out of five stars? Like oh boy, I haven't finished thinking about it. You haven't um, finished it. Right right now, I'm at a four out of five. Right four out of five. Yeah, that's a f- extremely fair. That's probably more fair than mine. I, it's a four point five for me because I love it. I just love it mm-hmm. so much. Uh, I, I mean, I, reason it's a four. Reason it doesn't get a five is because I mean, it's in a lot of ways it's rough around the edges. You know, like the camera's rough, and and this is we're also playing the final mix version, which has improved some of this stuff, and it's still yes. rough. So, you know, rough camera, some difficulty spikes. Um, you know, the gummy ship and that stuff's kind of plain and just you know, and the the worlds are essentially, for the most part, a lot of time the worlds are like here's four areas that's designed around a Disney place do the same kind of things but it never feels repetitive though which is great yeah but it you can you can see what they did here it's like it's it's i mean they wanted to include all these different disney worlds but you can't they didn't want to have a game that like the budget was through the roof with like a a hundred hour campaign so but the way they did it was it was good but it's rough around the edges so it's a nine for me especially when you consider like this came out on the ps2 like 20 some years ago um it's a great game. So four and a half for me. I love it. I think if if I did one per franchise, this would be on my top ten games of all time. Obviously, if I listed everything in a franchise, I mean, it wouldn't make it because I'd have, like, Final Fantasy this and Halo that and Zelda this. But, like, it would make the top ten on a, on a one per franchise. Well, what about you? I think, I think for me it'll probably end up being Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, but we'll see. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, regardless, Kingdom Hearts, this first game, is really close to my heart. I will continue to play it for the rest of my life. Um, yep. It's just, I mean, there are there are some moments in it when I'm kind of bored playing it. Um, 
it is a little rough around the edges, like you said, but it's it's great. I would recommend it to anybody. I think it's um, it is a must, especially if you. I mean, obviously, if you love Disney characters, but if you love RPGs, even I think Kingdom Hearts is a must try at the very least. Yeah, and I think uh, if you don't really care about Final Fantasy or have never played one, you play Kingdom Hearts, it might make you want to play it because the Final Fantasy characters are really cool. And then, like, things you'll get used to, like your spells, your items, some of the characters, they're all from Final Fantasy, you know? So you'll you'll be able to carry that over. I mean, seeing, seeing Cloud show up wearing Vincent Valentine's gear is just such a uh, heart... It just makes you smile because you're like, oh! That didn't even click for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that he's wearing Vincent Valentine's yeah, gear? Yeah, that didn't even click for me. That's amazing. Wow. It's like, why? I don't know why he is, uh-huh. but he is. Yeah. So He has badass, a weird but- role in this game, to be honest. I think it's funny yeah. that they just take Leon and insert him in in with all the other seven characters. And then he's just like on Olympus by himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why that is, but huh. um, but yeah. Okay, so uh, before we get out of here, uh, Wesley, what would you say is just real quick? You might have kind of covered it already. Highest point of the game for you, and lowest point of the game for you. Uh, lowest point of the game for me is either getting swallowed by Monstro or having to fight uh, Giant Ursula in um, in Atlantica. Yeah. Yeah. High high point for me is is definitely Hollow Bastion, especially later on when you are fighting Riku. Because Riku's a hard, the second the last encounter with Riku is a hard fight, but it's really fun if you know how to make your way around the sword play. Um, and then just it has some of the best story moments. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm similar with. My least favorite moment of the whole game is Neverland. I don't think it's fun. I think it's the 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 whole idea of like most of the level you're in a ship, but it doesn't feel like a ship. It feels like four wooden rooms claustrophobically tied together and it's supposed to be a ship. I don't have fun on that world. I just don't like it really at all. And then my favorite moment of the game is Hollow Bastion and that's right after Neverland. So it's literally like lowest moment of the game for me like oh i'm getting sick of this to peak peak stuff hollow bastion's really like the i mean if you go on forums and stuff people are always talking about hollow bastion because it's it's just where everything kicks in the plot kicks in it all mm-hmm. comes together um it's a great world um beast is awesome to have around as a character um yeah so it's a it's a game we love guys uh i would love to hear from all of you who have played kingdom hearts either when you were a kid or recently if it's a series that's important to you um, like I said, it's my wife's favorite game of all time. Um, I, I, she would, she would have had a lot to say on this episode. One of these days, I'll get her on. Maybe for Kingdom Hearts two or something, have her on the podcast. But uh, guys, uh, if you want to send an email, send it to sacrediconpodcast at gmail dot com. You send a voicemail or an email uh, talking about anything really. I mean, Kingdom Hearts or, or Halo or something else you want to ask us. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Brian's Bane. Uh, Josh isn't here right now, but it, uh, if you want to follow him, he's at Jedi Knight Joshy. Uh, Sacred Icon is at Sacred Icon Pod. Wesley is at Wesley Types. Is that right? At Wesley Types. Um, if you want to give to the patron, uh, that'd be awesome. For as low as a dollar, you can be mentioned on the podcast. Though I won't mention it today because I have a guest on. It's just me and Wesley. Uh, we'll get it next time. But uh, if you want to go to Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Sacred Icon. Guys, thank you so much for um, tuning into this episode and. Uh, listening to something a little different than halo once again with some kingdom hearts it's a series that's special to many people um wesley you got any final words um now yeah, just just want to say that uh the the discord is a great place to come and hang out so oh, yeah. definitely come definitely do that yeah we we love our we love the discord people it's great there's guaranteed to be something you like in the discord if you if you like halo obviously of course if you like kingdom hearts yep there's a place for that if you don't like games if you don't like movies there is a sports ball channel, with, but which I begrudgingly allowed to be created. And it's actually quite frequented. So, um, yeah, so there's always a reason to come there. You're all welcome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred.